Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach, and I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, so much gratitude that you're here and you've decided to listen to this episode with my very special guest, Simone Knego. Wow, did we ever have an interesting and exciting conversation together? Simone and I had just met briefly before the podcast recording, so it was really fun to get to know each other before we started the recording and then share some of her incredible stories. And she's really all about finding those extraordinary moments in an ordinary day. And I want to share a story from my own life with you before we get into the podcast today. Speaking of extraordinary moments, so I have this, what we call sunrise, sunset intuition, meaning that often I can take a look at the weather apps that I use and listen to my heart about whether or not I need to go to a particular beach to catch the sunrise or sunset. I will say my intuition is definitely more fine-tuned for the sun rises. However, once in a while, it's perfect for the sunset. And just last week, it was the full snow moon and sunset at the same time as a massive windstorm. So I knew that these conditions would be just incredible for photography. So I bundled up and went down to my local beach and had my phone with me because I take all my phones with my photos. And I just had this totally extraordinary experience for about an hour where I got to see the sunset on one side, feel the waves and the wind and the salt water on my face. My face actually was salty and red by the time I got home. And then on the other side, when I turned around, I saw the moon rising above the coastal mountains on the other side of the strait that separates our island from the mainland. It truly was one of those epic moments where I was just so full of joy, even though I could barely stand still because the winds were so strong. So the winds were gusting between 60 and maybe 70 kilometers per hour which is pretty fast. And I had trouble just holding my phone still. Now I was able to capture one really special photo of the full moon rising above the mountains with a pink sky and the waves from the ocean. For a closer look at this image, I invite you to visit my shop at wakeupwithgratitude.com. I've got it featured right on the site, so it's easy to find. All right, friends, let's get going with another great episode of the podcast. Simone Canego leads an ordinary life filled with extraordinary moments. In our interview, she shares some of these moments with us, including why she chose to climb to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. Simone recently released her book, The Extraordinary Unordinary You, Follow Your Own Path, Discover Your Journey, and she encourages us to find our extraordinary moments daily. 
She's a wife, mom to six kids, dog mom of three, and a serial entrepreneur. Her story inspires us to find gratitude in the ordinary moments of our everyday lives. Please welcome Simone. Hello, friends. It's Julie Boye here, and welcome to another episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. Today, I've got a very special friend from the East Coast. Welcome, Simone Canego. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm excited. Um, Simone just like really caught my attention when we met. We actually met through a group of people that are looking to connect with podcasters and want to be on podcasts. And I think in two minutes of her sharing her story, I was like, yes, please. I would love to have you on the podcast because she leads an ordinary life that's filled with extraordinary moments, meaning that she's just always you know, reveling in the gratitude of life around her, which is really aligned with how I live and how I want to inspire people in this podcast. She's a wife and she's a mom to six kids. And I want to hear all about how, you know, they've navigated this past year of the pandemic with those beautiful moments with their family, three dogs. I thought one was a lot (laughs) and she's a serial entrepreneur And she released a book just at the end of 2020. Her book is called The Extraordinary Unordinary You, Follow Your Own Path, Discover Your Journey. I know we're going to get into all the little details, but I love starting the podcast with a little bit of your story. You know, how did you become this this woman who just is always looking for these extraordinary moments? So, you know, it's funny when I look back from my my childhood, um, you know, I had a great childhood. I had I had great parents, and as I grew up, um, I think that I, I struggled quite a bit with who I thought I should be versus who I wanted to be. So it kind of took me a while to understand that what my value is, how important it is to look at myself and say I matter, I'm important, um, and that um, that I really need to do what I want to do and and figure out where I want to be. And so I kind of went along this path and I've tried a bunch of different uh, businesses and um, and that was great, but I really still wasn't where I wanted to be. I have six children and we can definitely talk about that. Uh, but, you know, it was really kind of in the discovery of who I am and kind of looking at myself and saying, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else, you know, again, show gratitude. You know, you are, you know, you are you, you don't need to try to be anybody else. And through that kind of looking at myself, that's kind of how I figured out this is where I'm meant to be. And really what I love and what I'm thankful for are moments like this, where I get to meet someone new, have an amazing conversation, because I truly believe you learn something from everyone you meet. Oh, absolutely. And that to me, especially in this time in this past year where our world has really yeah. become virtual, you know, I really miss those like random grocery store, grocery store and coffee shop conversations or going to a conference and like, you know, having lunch with someone you just met for the first time, like those, I really miss those things. So you're right. Like part of the reason that I do this podcast is because I have the opportunity to get to know yeah. people, you know, really really intimate way that, but then we end up sharing these conversations with, with thousands of people and impact their lives. Like you said, even if we only impact one person, it's made a difference. Yeah. So I'm curious though, as a kid, did you always say, I want to have a really big family and lots of kids? Uh, uh, No, never. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have I have one sister and um my husband has one sister and no it was really never the thought um and then once we had one where I was like oh I I, I love this. I think I could have a big family. And my husband was, was like, I think we're good with one. <laughs> that didn't work. No, obviously. <laughs> wow. So that, cause I think that's a question a lot of people ask is, you know, especially in this day and age when we have larger families, you know, if it was something that came from the way that you grew up or just, you know, happened and you fell in love with, with being a mom. So as a mom, now, were you able to, were you running some of your own businesses while being a mom or was your focus on your family for a number of time? And then you fit the the businesses in between. Yeah, it's kind of a combination actually. So we actually, um, we adopted our youngest three children. So, we also have a multicultural family. So we have um, two of our children are from Ethiopia. We have a son from South Korea. And then the three oldest kids look like me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think that, you know, during during the whole parenthood, which is still happening every day for the rest of my life, um, you know, I I found moments where I wanted, you know, I wanted to do something for me and beyond. Obviously for me is still the kids, but, you know, really kind of figuring out what I, what I liked. And so, you know, trying different businesses. I, I actually, when uh, our oldest was little, um, we had a horse farm in Texas and um, I was a CPA to start. So I had a master's in accounting and I was a CPA. And once we had the horse farm, um, I decided that I wanted to teach horseback riding lessons and I created a summer camp and I loved it. Like, it, and then we moved to Florida, but I, you know, for me, that was such a great experience to kind of have that, that moment in time when he was little. My daughter would be very jealous of you right now because she's fallen in love with horses and horseback riding and she wants to own, you know, a ranch and she has, she's 11 or 10 and she uh, just has all these big dreams about, you know, living on a horse farm. And we're trying to explain to her, like, it, there's so much work involved in it, right? It's a, it's a big undertaking. So, so what took you to Florida? Uh, my, my husband's job, he, um, he was in a practice. He's a physician. He was in a practice in Texas. And we actually decided that we wanted to be closer to our family. All of our family is in Florida, not my sister. My sister's in Switzerland, but we decided that we wanted to come back. It was really important that, you know, as we were raising kids to have our, our their, their grandparents around. So my husband uh, joined a practice in Florida and we've been here ever since. So, you know, meant to be. Yeah. And that's, you know, in, again, in the past year being, you know, physically close to family has probably made it easier. Cause I know that those that don't live in the same state or province or country, I mean, I, I can't imagine how long it's been since you've seen your sister, even before a pandemic, it's never easy to fly overseas. And so this, this desire for many of us to return to family, to be closer to family is definitely a theme that I've seen. And you shared a little bit before we started talking a little bit about the gifts that you found and the moments that, that you got, you know, from everyone coming home when the pandemic first broke out. So before the pandemic, you had some of your kids were away. Yes. So three, three kids were away at school, three kids were home. And, and then when in, I guess it was uh, March of 2020, uh, 
their schools shut down for in-person and not just in-person classes, but the dorms shut down. So um, everybody came home. And so we went, we doubled overnight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I couldn't imagine, like when I look at this period, when I look back at this period of time, like what I'm really thankful for are, are those moments that, you know, my oldest son is 24 years old. I would have never had that time with him. Um, you know, conversations at the dinner table, really spending, you know, quality time together because we couldn't go anywhere else, right? We were, we were truly together. You know, we would have game night and movie night and, you know, really fun stuff that, you know, so when I look at this period of time, I, you know, it's, it's a time of, um, you know, extreme sadness and and suffering. Um, but I always try to see the positive and say, like, for me, I'm so grateful that I got to have my kids home for, you know, a moment that I wouldn't have had them home for. I think it's interesting what you said there too, that there's a lot of extreme sadness and loss, but at the same time, the both can exist. We can feel the emotions of loss and of sadness. And at the same time, we can also find the moments of gratitude. And I think that's something that I really work on teaching is knowing that we're all going to experience these difficulties. We're all going to go through these challenges. And it's our perspective that helps us to get through the journey. So speaking of journey, Mm -hmm. so somehow in all this, everyone's home, we're in a pandemic, you have nowhere to go. You got six kids and three dogs and a husband in the house. How did you find time to write a book? <laughs> so honestly, um, what a better time, right? Like, I mean, I know that okay. they're 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 home, but I mean, I'm home too, right? I don't have any other obligations. Um, so for me, it, it was really the perfect time. And you know what's what's funny for me, but I, I think that it's important that you know my best moments of writing usually came when I was sitting on the couch in, um, in the midst of chaos. So they're all around me and, you know, because it brought back memories and stories that I hadn't thought of in a while and said, okay, I need to write about that. Or, you know, this is, you know, this is really important to put down or something that was happening at the moment where I said, oh yeah, people will want to read about this. Um, so I definitely, you know, and I scheduled it like I would, you know, a, a regular job where I said, you know, I'm going to be writing from, you know, this to this time. Um, but it is funny that, you know, some some of my best moments were sitting in right in the middle of the chaos. So. Simone, you said something. It's like, what better time was there? And that is, you know, we're coming up to the one year anniversary of the of the pandemic for most people. Um, it started in other countries, but for North Americans, it was really March 2020, where our lives changed overnight drastically in ways that we'd never imagined could be possible. And yet you found this moment and this way to say, well, I might as well do this, even though I'm in the total midst of the chaos. And to have that ability. And I also, you know, many people want to write a book, but you were clear that you set aside time to write. And I think there's a misconception that writing has to come from some place and you have to always be inspired to write. And that, you know, if you're not inspired, then you can't be writing. But just like any other skill and thing that we practice, writing is something that you can sit down and do and have it scheduled without, you know, waiting for that moment of creativity. So I'd love to hear a little bit about um, those times and those moments when you set aside time to write, what, 
what, what did you do? Like, did you just know what to write? Were you rewriting things? Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that process. Yeah. All of the above. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big on saying that, um, you know, you, you don't have to wait until you have the answers to start, um, which I think is, you know, sometimes I, I, I think we feel that if, if we don't have all the answers in front of us, then why even, why even start? Right. But I don't think that's true. I think that you start, it's okay to start messy. Um, and then, you know, go back and rewrite and rewrite. Um, so for me, I would, I would sit there and I would think, okay, here's a story that I want to tell about in this chapter. Now let me talk about why it's important. So I would write out the story first. Um, you know, I talked about the kids' adoption stories. Mm. I talked about when my daughter was diagnosed with Crohn's. Um, I talked about, you know, climbing a mountain. Yeah. Um, so all of these, all of these pieces where I had these stories and then I kind of worked backwards into what do I want, you know, my readers to take away from this. And so, and that's kind of the theme that really how I tied it together was looking at what do I think is the most important thing that has happened in my life in terms of how I see myself. And really that theme is that I truly believe that we don't need to change who we are, that we need to change the way we see ourselves. And so when we look at it like that, then I kind of, I was able to kind of create all the content that went with the stories about my family and, you know, all the crazy things I've done. So. I'm pausing for a moment because what you said was filled with wisdom. So we don't need to change the way that we are. We don't need, we don't need to change who we are. Yeah. We need to change the way we see ourselves. That's it right there. And that this book just sounds so amazing Mm -hmm. to, you know, like you said, finding those extraordinary moments and that we all have it. We all have extraordinary moments in our lives, right? Our lives are interesting and creative. And you said something too, about writing for the reader, like what, you know, what would someone else reading this story gain from it? What would they learn from it? Um, when you talk about starting, you know, when it's messy. So I often get asked about starting a podcast, right? I started my podcast 14 months ago. Now uh, I'm in the, you know, the triple digits of episodes. And what I said when I first started was I'm going to just give it a go and figure it out for the first, I'm going to give myself 50 episodes. Yeah before I make a decision on whether or not this is something I like to do or I can do. And what often happens is it's the same with writing a book. We could sit down and we, we, we can make a commitment to write one chapter, one page, or we could make a commitment to write 5,000 words and then make a determination and learn and adjust as we go. And when I got to 50, I was like, I'm really enjoying this and I'm learning and figuring things out as I go and I'm getting better as I go, I mean, you must get that question all the time, you know, about writing the book and, you know, how do I write a book? It's like, I can't, like, I can't tell you how to start your podcast. I can give you tips and ideas and you can take a course or whatever, but until you actually do it, you right. don't know what it's going to be like for your experience, yeah. right? Yeah, completely. I, you know, and I think we we kind of forget those pieces that that it's okay to be messy and that we have to be able to, um, you know, look at ourselves for, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to have failures. That's how we learn. That's how we move forward. And that shouldn't stop us from doing something that we want to do. Um, and that's kind of how I've looked at this entire process. I've really, you know, am I a writer? 
no, I wasn't a writer when I started this. I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories, but that shouldn't stop me from, you know, writing a book. Again, we, we are so hard on ourselves sometimes feeling like that we are not enough, that we can't do this. And it just means that we're not going to do it, right? So I think that we have to look at ourselves and say that we can do these things and that if we just change the way we see ourselves, that we look at ourselves and say, yeah, you can do that. Do you want to do that? Yes, you can do that. We'll be right back to the episode after a quick word from our product partner, USANA Health Sciences. Back when I was training for my second Ironman triathlon, my very good friend Leanne said to me that I probably needed to consider taking vitamins to help me because I was doing so much physical activity. And I thought to myself, yes, I'm fine. I take that, you know, that, that pink bottle thing. And I just take one of those a day and I'm covered. And she said, I don't think you understand your body is under a tremendous amount of stress because of the amount of time that you are training. So I really recommend you take a look at this product called the health pack. Now I'll be honest with you. I was pretty skeptical that these two pouches of vitamins, one said AM and one said PM would actually do anything to help me with any of my training, but I thought I might as well give it a try. So I did. And the biggest thing that I noticed is that I found myself recovering faster from my workouts. I wasn't as sore the next day. And the other thing was, instead of waking up feeling tired, I actually was sleeping for less time, but waking up feeling so much more rested and ready to go for my next workout. And I have to say, I've been taking those little AM and PM packs since that day, which was over 15 years ago. Now, friends, my Ironman days are long behind me and I'm definitely not training the way that I used to. In fact, my exercise today involves taking my dog for a 20 to 30 minute walk every single day, but that doesn't mean I'm not under a tremendous amount of stress every single day. Let's be honest. Aren't we all under a tremendous amount of stress every single day? So I continue to use these little convenient AM and PM packs If you want to learn more about this product or check out what's in these little packs, I invite you to check out a link that I made just for you. It's a bit.ly link. So bit.ly forward slash Ironman vitamins. That's right. Bit.ly forward slash Ironman vitamins, all lowercase, easy to find. Hey, you don't have to be an Ironman or an Iron woman to take these vitamins, But I'll tell you, I'm so grateful that 15 years ago, my girlfriend offered me to give these vitamins a try when I was training for that Ironman. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, do you want to do it is a big one. That's the important part. And this is a, it's a parenting thing as well, is that, you know, allowing our kids to like start in, because there's this thing about it often with kids where they think they have to be good at an activity when they start it. And it's like, well, no, you're supposed to be bad. Like that, very few people can do something for the first time and do it really, really well. And so that allowing the space to make the mistakes and to do things that are difficult until they are easier is, it's such a beautiful life lesson. So you mentioned briefly when you're talking about your stories about climbing a mountain, I noticed when I was, you know, looking through at your profile before we spoke that you have climbed the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, what inspired you to, to decide to climb to the summit. It's not easy. 
there's obviously, I'm guessing you had some training involved and different reasons. So tell us a little bit about that story. Just like I wasn't a writer when I started the book, I am not a climber. Um, but again, I, I believe in, you know, doing things that we want to do in challenging ourselves. And again, it's okay to fail. That's how we learn. That's how we move forward. And so a friend of ours had climbed it the year before and he asked my husband if he was interested. He climbed it with the Livestrong Foundation um, Survivor Summit. So um, raising money for the Livestrong Foundation, honoring uh, cancer survivors. Cancer survivors were with us on the, you know, climbing with us on the trip. And so my husband said, no, thank you. That is not something I want to do, but call Simone. I bet you she'll want to do it. And I said, yes, I'm in. And so I, I trained for six months. I probably could have trained for longer, but um, that was kind of, you know, when, when I signed up, that was the amount of time I had. And I just kind of set my mind to it. And, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, did you ever think you wouldn't make it? And that didn't even come into my mindset. You know, my goal was I'm going to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. And so I didn't really kind of think about that piece. I thought about all the positive pieces of it. And I traveled with, you know, an amazing group of complete strangers. There were 16 of us and um, had the best tent mate. Not only are we, you know, you're traveling with uh, people that you don't know. You're now, you know, paired in a tent with someone. <laughs> and uh, she was amazing. She is amazing. She's a breast cancer survivor. And she, um, the grit that she had was truly inspiring. And so, you know, we did it. We all, all, all 16 of us you know, made it to the summit, um, you know, and really uh, when you look at leadership, you know, how important, you know, that is in every decision that you make. So in terms of, you know, how, how do we make it to the summit? You know, that was all part of the conversation. Yeah. And like to be, you know, Frank, for those that don't realize there are risks to climbing yeah. the, you know, this Mount Kilimanjaro, like you can suffer from altitude sickness. People get hurt. People don't make it. There's, fog, there's weather, whatever it is, there's no, there isn't a guarantee that people are going to get to the top. And I love that you focused really on getting there and, you know, being safe and getting back down is always the most important part whenever we're going to climb a mountain. But right. this, this feeling of, you know, I understand that, that energy of like focusing on completing, that was what uh, helped me to finish my first Ironman triathlon is that yeah. attitude of, you know, I, I'm going to finish. And I, when I would train, I don't know if this is something you did, but I, when I was doing my training, I would imagine myself crossing the finish line. Yep. So I'd finish a run and I'd go like this and I'd be like, I did it. So <laughs> I don't know if that came into your training at all, just imagining yourself, you know, on the summit. Uh, but it's a very powerful thing when we, you know, we can really create so many things that we set our mind to. So yeah, it definitely was a, a part of how I kind of went forward with, you know, my training and my journey is, you know, that visualization of that, hey, I've done this, I've made it to the top. Now I'm looking back down the mountain at all of the things that got me to this point in time. And again, feeling thankful that, you know, every bump in the road, every misstep on my journey, I still am at this place, this moment in time. And so it kind of you know, it all, you, you looking back at all of these things, you know, really made me who I am today. Yeah. And you, what was it that, was it just your friend was connected to Survivor Summit or were you climbing to honor somebody who had, you had lost from cancer? Yeah. So for Survivor Summit, really, it's a combination. It's either people who are cancer survivors are part of the climb or, 
if you're, you know, climbing in honor of somebody. And so for me, it was, um, you know, my aunt had breast cancer, so I was climbing in honor of her, but then what it became, you know, I reached out to friends and asked them, okay, do you have a family member that you would like me to climb in honor of? And so by the time, you know, I made it to the summit, I think my flag had like 30, 30 names of people that I was climbing in honor of. And, um, which made it even more special because this wasn't about me, right? I got the benefit of, of all of these people supporting me because that's another piece is, and I'm sure that you felt this, um, you know, through your, you know, Ironman, hello, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, but the support that you have really kind of propels you forward. And that was so important to me. Like I can hear them, you know, cheering, um, you know, as I made it to the summit, you know, I can hear that. And that's such a powerful moment. It is. And when you're, when it's not just about you, my, actually my first, uh, Ironman and my second one were all done, uh, to raise money for, uh, team diabetes Canada. So for mm-hmm. diabetes research, because, uh, my, I lost my grandmother, uh, due to complications from type two diabetes. And I also, you know, being in the profession of health and lifestyle and all these things, you know, education about, uh, prevention and healthy lifestyle was really, really important to me. So I had, I remember this was like in 2003, so the internet was like quite young, but I like made this website by myself and I wrote all like the names of the donors, right. All the way from like the bigger ones to the person who gave me $5. And I had all those names like with me, I'd printed out the list and brought it to me when we traveled to, to do the race. So it's, it, I, it's interesting because Simone, I had actually forgotten about that mm-hmm. until you just mentioned about having all those names with you to the top of the mountain. So, um, listen, you don't have to be Anybody can start where they are today. And with this attitude of, you know, seeing the end, like visualizing where you're going and using these, this positive attitude and the gratitude and finding the extraordinary moments, you can achieve whatever you choose to. So I, I really wanted to hear from you, um, you know, about this, this attitude of, of extraordinary moments in an ordinary day. How does gratitude fit into it? You've mentioned so many ways how, you know, you talk about gratitude and it infuses your life. I'm just curious, like on a daily basis, how that shows up for you. You know, I think about it all of the time, honestly. And, you know, again, you know, the lessons that I want my kids to learn about, you know, being thankful for all of these moments, um, really showing them, you know, the power of the connection for the people around us, you know, going through my day and thinking, you know, I have a choice, you know, I can be miserable or I can be happy. And I choose to be happy because, you know, trust me, there's moments where I'm like, ah, you know, but we all are right. But, but really when I look at something, um, you know, I, I think about like, okay, Am I, am I benefiting anyone by getting upset about this? Am I, can I help someone by being positive about this? And the answer is always the second one, right? I can help someone with being positive about this. My, um, my husband has coined the term that, um, I had a Simone moment today, or I pulled a Simone today and, um, (laughs) which, which I love, right. I'm like, Oh yay, I have a term. And he basically, you know, he will have moments where he's really frustrated and he wants to hang up the phone or he wants to, you know, say something unkind to the person he's talking to. And he's like, and then I take a step back and say, what would Simone do? And 
right? And um, and so then his you know response is, you know, let me be kind at this moment, you know, and I'm going to be patient because this is the right thing to do. And and then what he's realized from those moments is how powerful they are. So, you know, a conversation that could have just been like a bitter conversation turns into like an hour conversation, you know, learning, he's like learning about the person on the other end of the phone. And to me, that's what life is about, right? Like, let's take interest in other people. Let's show we care. Let's, you know, be thankful for all of these, all of these moments. And so, you know, that's kind of how I, you know, go through my day. I am definitely, the glass is always half full and, and, you know, my, my kids laugh about it, but I think it's really, really important um, as we move forward to, you know, to really understand that people need these conversations. They need us to be kind and that's how we should be. I love that pull to Simone is a positive thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it, it could have gone the other way. Yes, it, it could have gone, gone the other, other way. way. But yeah. I was like, this sounds like it's a positive thing. So yeah. what a great influence though to have on your, your life partner. And I imagine a lot of what you're doing is reflected in your children. Um, you know, I, I look back to, I, I found some old journals from high school and how negative I was and how, you know, life sucked and I hated my parents and all these things. I, I burned all those journals actually. And I look back and I say like, what if that young lady had learned about gratitude? What if she had known that instead of like just being angry and frustrated all the time, she could have written about one or two good things in her day that made a difference. And so the fact that you've been raising this family of, you know, six children plus your partner and having this <laughs> influence, right? This influence on inspiring people to choose kindness and compassion, you know, that's my word of the year is, is yeah. really compassion. And listen, I struggle too, right? Like there are definitely moments where I look and I say, oh, yeah, I wasn't necessarily very kind in that moment. I got caught up in my own things and I got frustrated. So I'll keep that. I'll, I'll remember to pull a Simone yeah. in, in a, in a future conversation, if I feel like I'm, I'm getting caught up in that. So yeah. We're gonna For sure. And to we trademark I, that term? <laughs> you're welcome to use it anytime you'd like. Um, actually, a funny story, uh, real quick about about you know really taking a step back and and looking at what we're you know what we're doing in life. And you know, I was um, I was in a drive through for Starbucks, and I kept my car at a specific place so people could get by me if they needed to. And of course, as I was staying in that place, someone cut in front of me and cut into the line in front of me. And yeah, I was frustrated. And so, you know, my daughter was with me and I was saying something and she's like, you know, I think you should reread your book. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then what happened, of course, like we, and of course then I was like, took it back. And I'm like, you're right. You know, this is a moment of, you know, you can always learn something and this is what not to do. And we get up to, um, you know, pay for our drinks. And of course the person that had cut us off paid for our drinks. So again, (laughs) a reminder of just be kind, you know, just like, so yeah, I, I love when I get that feedback from my kids. So, Oh, and I actually think those are the best moments really, right. When our kids or even our partner reminds us, it's like, no, well, you actually, you wrote a book about gratitude. So yeah. I, you're not grateful right now. Just like, you know, but that reminds us that we're human. Yeah. And I think and we all are human. We all are going to have moments where we act. I mean, we understand, right. We can sit here and understand 
that it's, it's better to act kindly and to respond with kindness and compassion and gratitude and see the wonder in every moment. But we're also human beings and, you know, short of enlightenment, which I'm not, I'm, I'm not there yet. I don't know about you, but not quite there yet. Definitely not. Don't know if I'm even, I don't even know if that's a goal of mine, but these moments of reminders, it's actually like reflecting our own work back to us. And cause I was really curious to hear how, and you just shared exactly what I wanted to hear is like, how are your kids, you know, in this influential sphere, sphere of your work, how are they acting? So, oh, Simone, I, there's so much beautiful alignment with your message, uh, with your book, uh, where's the book available? So really any online retailer, um, you can Amazon, you can find it. So, um, yeah. And is it a a physical and a Kindle? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's all, you know, there's, I did not do an audio version yet, uh, but there is, you know, a Kindle hardcover paperback. So, okay. Amazing. And whatever country we're listening to, you have the global distribution. Yes. Amazing. That's so good to know. Uh, you have, where do we find you on the socials? Where do you like to hang out? Yeah. So I have a website, uh, simonecanego.com and I'm on Instagram, author Simone Canego, Facebook, same, and also on LinkedIn. And, you know, I would love to, you know, connect with people really. I think it, again, it's important to me going back to the statement of if I can impact one person, then, you know, I really feel like, um, I've done my job or I feel I, it's, it's powerful to me. So if, if you hear me, you want to talk to me, reach out to me. Like I really, I love the human connection part that we are really struggling with right now is so important to me. Yeah. And I, you kind of hinted that you're working on some new projects where you're going to be doing some more connection with people, right? That's the goal. All right. I'm going to follow in your footsteps. Let's say it that way. All right. (laughs) Well, we're excited. So make sure you're following her on the socials to find out what's new, what's happening in Simone's world. Grab a copy of the book. And you know what? Share this with a friend who needs to hear the message that, you know, there is kindness. There is an extraordinary time. We are living in extraordinary times. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And that it is possible to pull a Simone and just see it with a total different perspective. And wow, the person on the other side of that conversation, um, you, you're making a difference for that one person today. So, so much gratitude for you, Simone. Thank you so, so much for sharing your stories with us, for just being full of joy and gratitude and kindness today. I really appreciate you. Uh, Thanks so much for having me here today. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.